0: you go controversy over the weekend as Oklahoma goes into Stillwater gets the win on Oklahoma State senior night and uh, locks up at least a share at the time um, they knew of the Big 12 championship and had some celebration there on the floor wasn't egregious Um, I still think it's Still think it's odd that that's never seen anything like it in her career. (laughs) Didn't know that stuff like that happened at this level. I don't know. You've never seen anyone storm the floor or uh, I don't know. That, That still just seems strange to me. I get it that they're upset they lost the game. But let this be a lesson to everyone, including Oklahoma. Number one. On senior day, get it done before the game. Number two, if you don't want someone to celebrate on your floor, on your field, on your court, whatever it may be, win the game. That's it.
1: Yeah, it's really as simple as that. I, I just, I guess I would ask what did OSU expect? OU to react like after winning their first conference title in several years um I I I don't know I mean maybe there's not a right answer to that for them it's just a little weird to me if you get upset by it in the moment okay but normally there's a cooling off period before you go to the postgame press conference and to take that anger as a head coach into the postgame press conference and phrase it that way is um I don't know, it's odd to me. And again, I, I could understand it if Jenny Bronchek was cutting down the nets at GIA, but that's not what happened, Teddy. They were just celebrating on their half of the floor and OSU made something of it that uh I, I just it, it shouldn't have been a big deal to me. But whatever, I guess we move on. Yep. oh um, you fans don't like this by the oh, way. They they use this they use this as an excuse to rip on uh, Oklahoma State as an athletic program. Boy, they've been having fun with it.
0: Yeah. Well, I, hey, if, if I'm a coach, I walk into the locker room after uh, losing a game like that and I call everyone together and I say, could you believe how disrespectful they were to celebrate beating us on the floor like that and get everyone riled up and, you know, all upset? And then you say, it's your fault for losing the bleeping game. You can't be mad at someone after the fact. Go beat them. That's it.
1: Yeah. Unbelievable. Okay. Um, Uh, uh, Hold on here. I thought this was interesting.
0: Oh, okay. 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 Uh,
1: 918, instead of giving our tax dollars to funding recreational weed, we need to fund the construction of a psychiatric hospital in Stillwater. It's for the 918. Kendall says Jenny should have given her the bird.
0: Let's back up a second there. I had no idea that our tax dollars were going to fund recreational weed for everyone. Uh, that's interesting. Really? That's a hmm. that's a spin on the uh, that's a spin on the the uh, the whatever state question that I hadn't heard yet. Our tax dollars are going to fund recreational marijuana. Okay.
1: Sounds like uh, someone will be voting uh, later on this week. Then <laughs> doesn't sound like Teddy Three was going to have but all, this, all the all of a sudden, uh oh, tax dollars are going into it. Teddy will show up at the polls for that.
0: <laughs> well, it's just it's totally wrong. Uh, your tax dollars are not funding recreational marijuana for everyone. Recreational marijuana will be taxed and. Funding, at least to some degree, your local government, your state government. So I just thought that that was uh, okay. interesting.
1: A <laughs> few more haymakers here on the text line. Jenny should have given her the bird as they walked off the court. Uh, this is from the 918s. She whines like their president. Cody says, oh, boo mm. someone get that coach of tissue. That's the definition of OSU, a little brother and little sister program.
0: Mm. Yeah, well. That's the um, – it's all too familiar. Instead of being upset at the way you played or your own shortcomings during the game, we're left with being upset at the team that came in and beat you. You know, like, let's not get offended at it. Let's just be better. Let's schedule our senior day activities for pregame and then ultimately, if you don't want someone to celebrate in your house, beat them.
1: Yeah. Hey, uh, would you say that an 89 to 5, <laughs> 89 <laughs> to 5 run that OU Softball's on, that's the combined score of their past nine games, by the way, since they lost to Baylor. Mm. Wouldn't you say an 89 to 5 uh, in the past nine games is probably a nice way to respond from their first loss of the year? Jeez. You know, Sometimes you hear the line that, yeah hey, you know, sometimes a loss is good. It can refocus you. It can, it, you know, just it, it, it can overall be a good thing if you respond from it. I, I don't know if that's the reason why OU's destroying everything in its path right now. But OU softball is destroying everything in their path right now, including the, ne- the uh, then number one team in the country in California, including a top 20 team, which they beat 18 and nothing in a softball game this year. Dude, OU softball, maybe it was because of that Baylor loss. I don't know. But they have just been rolling everyone the past two weeks. It's quite impressive.
0: Yeah, they are on a they're on a run. They're playing about like um, a lot of people projected that they would. Got the offense up and uh, on point. Pitching, defense, obviously fantastic. Fantastic. Let's see. Do they have a uh, they have a game coming up? What next week against FSU? Right.
1: Well, that'd be a week from Tuesday, I think. Uh, this yeah. weekend they're in Starkville, taking on Mississippi State, nice. but they got that big uh, home game. Yeah, just that one single home game against FSU.
0: Sandercock gonna be in the circle. That'd be a big win. Can pull that well, one off the way
1: that the way that they're playing right now it doesn't matter if sander cox in the circle or not it's going to last about 5 innings the way that they're beating up on mm. so like just to read the best two teams that like okay i think the the teams that they played this year the two teams they played that were the highest ranked when they played were UCLA and Kentucky i think i know UCLA yeah. but i think Kentucky was the second highest ranked team they played so you beat UCLA 14 to nothing and then you beat Kentucky 18 to nothing the first time you played them. Jeez, man. It is yeah, it, it wow. does not matter the level of opponent. They're just like steamrolling teams right now. And they've got, you know, Jordy Ball may not be her sharp self, but Nicole May looks like an all-American. Storako shuts out UCLA and then comes back with a no-hitter this weekend. Like just up and down the lineup it it looks like a team without any flaws at this point, point. and I know it's early on, but yeah. God, they are on a heater right now.
0: They're rolling, and uh, Sturacco's birthday, right? Did I see that today?
1: Sturacco's birthday, yeah, that's absolutely right. Nice job, nice catch. Happy nice. birthday to Alex Sturacco. Happy Starocko. birthday, hey. Um, yeah, yeah, I- yeah. Go how about
0: ahead. this? I thought this was interesting. Um, now we've known about some of this stuff previously, but OU's got a board of regents agenda tomorrow. Hundred and seventy-five million-dollar football operations facility um, to be voted on. That's the standalone facility that will have all of their uh, all of their stuff in, in one spot. Seventy-five million student athlete success center. Nine and a half million LNC renovations for the locker room. And here's the one that I thought was uh, really really impressive. Forty-five million dollar baseball improvements slash expansion. There's the money we've been um, hoping was going to be dumped into the baseball program.
1: Yeah, uh, you would think all that's going to hope, uh, happen relatively soon, right? Like, what what do you think the estimated timeline is for that new baseball stadium? Four years, five years, even sooner than that? On like when they actually break ground? What, what do you think?
0: I well, if they are. If they're voting on it and locking it in, I think it happens. I think it happens pretty fast. Like not, you know, you're asking for completion. I don't know when it'll be completed, but I think they'll be, be starting on it right away.
1: That'd be big, man. If like your first official day in the SEC, you've already broken ground on a new baseball stadium. You're still breaking in a new softball stadium. All those football improvements that you're talking about, um, that'll be – I i think that there's been a um, nice little jolt of energy around here anyway, but if all of those major sports have big facilities going up, like, yeah, the, dude, that'll be big time, big time.
0: Yeah. 175 milli for the uh, standalone football facility. How about that? That's um, – that's incredible. That's going to be top of the line. It'll be that'll be maybe the best in college football, or you know, right there with uh, within the the reach of the of the best, maybe one, two, or three. You're spinning that type of dough. It's going to be all state of the art, brand new. There won't no one will be able to look at it and say that they're a, a class ahead of you.
1: So another big thing that people are taking out uh, about this Board of Regents meeting is that according to, I believe it's reported by the OU Daily, coaches on the agenda for contract and salary discussion are Jeff Levy, Bill Biedenboe, Todd Bates, Miguel Chavis, Brandon Hall, Jay Vali, Joe John, and DeMarco. Now, obviously, Emmett Jones isn't on there because he was your new hire this offseason, but a yeah. lot of people are making a big deal about Ted Roof, I think, being the lone assistant that's not on this list for contract and salary discussions. Should we take anything away from that?
0: Uh, uh, the only thing that I would take away from it is that this contract's going to be the same as it was last year, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I would expect him Am to be I on the staff something? next year. No, I mean, no. I, I I, don't know if people are taking this as, is this a sign that he is going to get replaced as defensive coordinator? Like, spring ball is rapidly approaching. If they were going to make that change, I'm going to guess they would have done it well before spring ball. Um, I, I, don't, I just don't look at this and think it means that he's not going to be on the staff. I, I would expect him to be on staff next year.
0: Yeah, that's – that's how I am. I don't, I, I could be wrong. I, I honestly, I have no idea, but you're, you're late in the game to be making any type of move at a defensive coordinator. Now, obviously you've got plenty of time between now and the start of the season. If you were to do that, but I, uh, I don't, I, what do people think is going to happen? because because Jim Leonard is going to come in and and talk at a coach's convention that he's going to be the next defensive coordinator here Jim Leonard does not want to come be a defensive coordinator under Brent Venables I right? like cuz Venables is is going to be heavily 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 involved in what goes on defensively like Jim Leonard I, I can't imagine that he would, and not that he doesn't like Venables and I'm sure has a ton of respect for him and, and all of those things, but I I don't know that that's, I don't know that a top defensive coordinator would, would necessarily want that, right? Am I missing something? Well,
1: well, I mean, not just that. It's just, again, it would have been put in place by now if this was going to happen. Like, why now would OU finally make a change in defensive coordinator when they've had... You know the whole winter to do so. I mean, he's he's going to be on staff next year. That just I just yeah. think that's going to be the case.
0: I'd be shocked if it if anything else happened. But like I said, I don't know. I wouldn't make anything of it. I would just say that he signed a probably signed a two year contract, and there's been no change to his contract.
1: Yeah, but yeah, that's I don't probably know. Could it. be wrong.
0: Well. Uh, all right, let's hit a quick timeout. Keep hitting the text line. We'll get to some of those next. Six five one three four three nine. We'll be back. Moving to the country. I'm
1: eat it a lot is the rush the on peaches. the ref Central I'm Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you this hour of the rush. It's time for our under the radar feature brought to you by Boyd Street Ventures. Boy Street Ventures is a venture capital firm that provides funding and guidance. For promising under-the-radar sooner startups, learn how you can help support OU Innovation at BoydStreetVentures.com. I don't know if you have one today. If not, that's fine because I actually have two. Um, I don't even know if this is under the radar. This is really just an unbelievable stat by a program that is the elite of the elite in its sport. Mark Williams tweeted out a fascinating stat about his team, OU Men's Gymnastics Coach. OU has not lost in the field house? For 16 full years, <laughs> OU won its uh, <laughs> senior night meet on Friday night, or was it, yeah, I think it was Saturday night, no, yeah, yeah, maybe it was Saturday night. Anyway, senior night victory for OU Men's Gymnastics, they haven't lost in the field house since March 3rd of 2007. Are you kidding me? I guess I shouldn't be wow. surprised, but good God, 16 full years, they haven't lost a home meet in the field house.
0: That's incredible. Um, I do have an under the radar. Would you like to hear it?
1: Okay. Um, um, yes, please.
0: Under the radar uh, performance is Creed Humphrey acting chops on Saturday Night Live. Even though that clip got cut, I don't know why they cut that clip. It's hilarious. Um, obviously. Um, Travis Kelsey was uh, hosting Saturday Night Live. Creed got called up there to film a quick little skid. It was a commercial NFL, like a charity commercial, and he did awesome. He he was uh, – his quick little part was, was really cool. Did you see that?
1: Yeah, I did. Um, do you think his acting skills are better than Travis Kelsey's? Because some are saying that people only think – Travis Kelsey is athlete funny. He's not actually funny funny.
0: I didn't see any of it. Um, uh, the only part of the Saturday Night Live that I watched was that clip. And that clip was was pretty funny all the way through. But I don't know. Did Did you watch any of his performances? Were they any good?
1: I just watched that uh, the clip that you're talking about with both of those guys in there, which was really good. I was impressed yeah. with Creed. Um, I mean, Creed's got a he's got a good personality. I think we saw that around here, so it shouldn't be super surprising. But I, I just think it's awesome that he's included in something like that in a team that has a lot of superstars at very you know like, at high profile positions. Like that, that was cool to see Creed.
0: Yeah, he said he got the call from from Travis, like on on thursday night at like midnight and flew out first thing was it friday morning or because he had to be back in shawnee because shawnee had that parade thing so it was like a whirlwind getting out there and doing it and and uh i don't know that was it was awesome though I, i can't believe it got cut that is actually a hilarious skit but i don't know um Thought he did a great job under the radar acting chops for old Creed Humphrey.
1: It's pretty good. I got one more. Dakota Harris, newcomer for uh, OU Baseball. He's having a really nice year. He had a really nice weekend, too. He had a great weekend. 10 for 17. He hit five eighty eight down in the state of Texas this week. He was 10 of 17 with six RBIs, and he was the Frisco Classic MVP. 10 of 17. Yeah, that'll play. That's, That's a really good weekend, yeah.
0: That's pretty impressive. All right, well, good stuff. Uh, anything from the combine from the Sooners that you thought maybe was under the radar a little bit? I thought Anton Harrison, maybe under the radar, yeah. had a hell of a day. I, mean, I don't know well, how many Mims, people have been talking about that, but
1: Mims' forty time—that's exactly what he wanted it to be. I can I can promise you that. That that'll uh, that'll bode very well for him. Uh, who was it, Wanye Morris got hurt, which, which kind of stinks. Hopefully yeah. that's not a super serious deal. And then I actually randomly turned it on the NFL Network yesterday watching the running backs run their 40s, and I'm like, okay, there's Roshan Johnson, all right, there, there's, there's B. John Robinson, and I'm sitting here waiting for Eric Gray, and I thought, oh, ma- maybe he just was at the uh, front of the list and we didn't see him. Why why didn't Eric Gray run the forty? Like he he did some other things, and I think he performed okay in some of those. But why why wouldn't he? Wasn't he a participant in the forties? That that was interesting.
0: Don't know. Good question. Maybe he's waiting to to do it at pro day at Oklahoma. I think it's like March thirtieth, 29th, something like that. Um, maybe he wants to do it on his own track. You know, it's it's really the biggest question out there on him is what's his what's his top end speed. Even though that's not a very big question, and it's not not something that they um, – right. it's not as big of a factor for running backs as a lot of people want to think whenever it comes to the draft, but you don't want to look like you're dodging the, the biggest question on you, right? right? So if he doesn't do it at pro day, that may be looked at as somewhat of an issue. But, I mean, I, I, I don't know if Eric Gray is going to go out and run the fastest 40 of all the running backs. Like, I have no idea. But it's not like he is some – horrendously slow player. I
1: sure
0: I'm sure he's middle of the pack whenever it comes to running backs.
1: Um, also one of the thing from the combine, not OU related <laughs> Deuce Vaughn measured in at five foot five, the uh, shortest player at the combine since uh, such a thing was tracked all the way back to 2003, five foot five. Nice. Deuce Vaughn. I guess w- that's probably what we would have guessed from him. Dang. And thank God, he is finally gone from Kansas State.
0: That is That's shorter than I I would have uh, put him at. Wow. How about uh how about Redmond's performance? He put some numbers up, man.
1: Yeah, he, he fared what would you say out of anyone that was there, who who won the combine NFL wise? Was it Mims with that forty time? Was it Anton Harrison, which he was rising up draft boards before the combine? Or was it Jalen Redman and in, in what he showed in multiple uh, events?
0: Uh, it may have been Redman. Uh, you know, because he's the one that, like, uh, Anton Harrison had had been projected by some. I think we had him at, what, 13 to the Jets. Uh, Mims, we kind of knew, like, he had really good production, felt like he was going to get drafted. I don't know. I don't know where, but kind of felt solid in in what he was doing like redmond was the real wild card has had an up and down career at ou he's he's missed a lot of time and you know production is low he's had plenty of flash plays but not a lot of consistency but to go out and put the numbers up that he did i probably across the board maybe the best when it comes to the defensive line for the big guys and I, that's going to help him tremendously.
1: Yeah. So I would uh, say Redmond. By the way, I, I, I would the overall that.
0: winner was Anthony Richardson.
1: Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. I just is that really? I, I guess people that actually watched college football last year—that's not surprising to anyone. Because if you watched him last year at all, in like any game, any even a game where he didn't throw a touchdown pass, like the Utah game in Week One, you said to yourself. This guy, athletically, is different than anyone else out on the field. But, you know, obviously there's there's some things in the passing game that he's got to be a lot better at, but just nothing really surprised me because I watched him for several games last year. Of course he's athletic. I saw that at Florida.
0: Yeah, well, I saw he – I knew he was athletic, but like, his measurables, like, that's not athletic. That is – that's like freak realm. Now, my biggest takeaway from it, though, was that there's no way Napier and that Florida staff wanted everyone to see what exactly he was capable of because <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> the first thought is, are you uh, kidding me true. with these numbers? <laughs> How in the hell did they not put up more points with their offense and win more games with that kid playing quarterback?"
1: Fair point. Hey, by the way, the real winner, uh, OU OUIs from the Combine, is what we talked about last week. It's probably true freshman P.J. Adabare after what his brother did at the Combine, especially with that 40.
0: No doubt. No doubt. That was uh, that was pretty incredible. I know that everyone around Oklahoma was thinking, hey, good for him, but we're excited about younger brother. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, that pretty cool. Hey, uh,
1: by, by the way, a little off topic, but uh, U, uh, UCLA – Resigned uh, chip kelly to a new deal he's extended through 2027 that's at least two coaches and i may be forgetting someone else who was thought to be on the hot seat going into last year chip kelly was on a very hot seat going into last year they have a good year and he gets extended through 2027 and then mike norvell i think was a little bit on a hot seat at florida state a year ago and he got a big time pay raise so i don't know how ucla yeah. fans feel about chip kelly getting extended through 2027, but he's got him a five-star quarterback now, and I'm kind of intrigued to see what they do in the next two to three years.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm interested in that. I, I'm i um, – Chip Kelly, he's got it rolling, but he's going to have to keep it up, right? They've, they've got it trending in the right direction. Now, they had quite a few stars aligned for him last year with, you know, some, some veteran players that have been there, some transfer guys that came in. Uh, a quarterback that was on his 15th year in college. So, we'll see if he can he can bounce back with a I don't know, you think the youngster wins over wins the quarterback battle?
1: He um at at some point next year, yes. He'll he'll be their starting quarterback. Probably maybe by midway yeah. through the season, but yeah.
0: Well, I think they're it, it is UCLA. So, I bet they feel pretty good about the direction the program is is headed. I'd be shocked if anyone, you know, was uninspired or felt like they need to make some type of move. So, all right, uh, quick timeout, more from The Rush coming up. We'll hit a couple of things that caught my eye next. Stay tuned.
1: West Yalagosny is bringing you what caught Teddy's eye. Have you heard hiring a lawyer makes your insurance claim take even longer? Not at WYG. They work to keep your claim moving forward and fight delay at every turn. West Yalagosny Law, 405 800 That's 405 800 Let's get to it. Story number one is.
0: Well, a lot of talk recently about the Pac-12 and what type of television deal they're going to get. Uh, rumors of a uh, streaming-only type of avenue that the Pac-12 may go. That's been shot down. Uh, that's not going to be the case. Now, Kleavkov has said that they remain open to maybe Amazon or Apple sub licensing some of their content but um, it there's a difficult time and no one really knows what may happen and if they're not going to be able to match what the big 12 is is going to be able to pay its members then the thought is that the the group that's been rumored to the big big 12 is probably going to jump ship and Oregon and Washington, have uh, been rumored to the Big Ten on a reduced revenue share, so I, what what you've kind of been hinting at or talking about for a while that the Pac-12 is in dire straits and maybe collapsing right before our eyes looks more and more like it could be the case every single day.
1: Yeah, so this is their this is their uh, like the Big Twelve basketball tournament this week, Pac-12 basketball tournament this week. Apparently, this is yeah. like a really big week for for that and you know, normally there's, okay, a wait-and-see approach on everything. Like, well, let's wait and see what the Pac-12 gets done, then we'll make our decision after that. It almost seems like a lot of these Pac-12 schools, Teddy, are saying, with this big move coming up in 2024, if it doesn't look like the Pac-12 is going to get a deal done, you may see a lot of these Pac-12 teams make decisions before a deal is announced because – Like you're saying, it doesn't look like they're going to get anything major done. So this seems like not necessarily a decision is made or made public this week, but some things could, you know, some people could arrive at some conclusions at the end of this week is what it sounds like.
0: Yeah, a couple other quick things. Looks like Morant is uh, in a bunch of trouble. Picture of him. He posted on Instagram or something, uh, had a strip club with a gun. Uh, after a couple of different things rumored about a month ago, his entourage pointed a gun at a uh, was it the Pacers at the arena after a game? How stupid is that? And then the report from was it last summer or, or last offseason rather, he uh, punched several times, seventeen-year-old kid in a pickup basketball game at Morant's Jeez, house man. and and pointed a gun at him. Dude is spinning out of control, taking a little bit of a leave from the NBA right now to hopefully uh, gather himself and, and get it together a bit. But you know, he's probably going to be forking over some money or maybe sitting out for an extended period. So um, pretty wild there. And the last thing I've got, how about old, um Carr going to the Saints? That's a pretty interesting deal. I think the Saints are getting a good deal on this. Uh, Carr's been been a solid quarterback and and they're in need of someone with some consistency so thought that was interesting
1: yeah um i'm just trying to think of the quarterbacks in that division right now the panthers are a long shot for aaron Rodgers. tom brady just retired and the falcons have a young desmond ritter You know, the Saints could be like Saints could Mm. be maybe the favorite in that division. I mean, you may only have to be an eight or a nine-win team to win the NFC South next year, but I won't be shocked if Derek Carr takes the Saints to the playoffs next year. Though I don't I don't think that he's a top five or top eight quarterback by any stretch.
0: Boy, things change quick, don't they? You have Matty Eyes, Breeze, Brady. And uh, just a handful of years later, nobody's left.
1: Got to average real quick in the NFC South. It could be one of the worst divisions in uh, in all of football next year. Uh, speaking of football, did you watch our Arlington Renegades have an epic touchdown in the fourth quarter and hold on for a 10-9 win yesterday? Oh, what an exciting game that was from Bob's squad, moving to 2-1. and one
0: was some throwback, Bobby Stoops, isn't it? Playing some defense, winning some games on the defensive side of the ball. Gosh, they've scored on defense every single week, haven't they?
1: Well, they didn't score on defense last week, but they did come up with a did couple of know? turnovers. They, 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 well, they, they, yeah, they almost right. did. Yeah. They almost ran it back, and then uh, when well, I think they settled for a field goal on that drive, or maybe that was the drive that they got shut down on the fourth and goal. Anyway, they're creating a ton of takeaways right now. That uh, the strength of that team is their defense yeah. for sure. Uh, yeah, also, Jackson XFL Mahomes
0: stuff's going well.
1: Jackson Mahomes is a creep, huh?
0: Yeah, what the heck's going on here? I saw I, I got to be honest. I saw the, like the headlines and stuff, but I. I was on to the next thing. I didn't really click on it to see what exactly had happened. Tell me what what the deal is.
1: I mean, basically, there's just video of him uh, essentially grabbing a restaurant owner and basically just uh, kissing her for uh, a long period of time. Very, very weird, very uh, awful behavior, and I just – I I don't know. I'm I'm interested to see what what comes of this one. Last one I have, and this is from your boy Gerald McCoy, he tweeted at David Stone today, uh, five-star defensive lineman. Now, Michigan State just lost one of their defensive line coaches. And David Stone's been linked to Michigan State for quite some time. I think he's taken like three visits there up to this point. So now that Michigan State's out one of their defensive line coaches, um, Gerald McCoy tweeted at David Stone earlier today and said basically, hey, what else do you need to see? Come on home. Um, I'm I'm trying to find the exact comment. He said, well, this should be easy now, and you never know who might show up to help get you right. See you soon, in all caps, hashtag boomer, hashtag home is where the heart is. So there's a story there about Gerald McCoy again tweeting at David Stone to come to OU, but when he says you never know who might show up to help you, see you soon, it kind of has you thinking, wait. Is GK about to announce a move on the BV staff? I mean, I haven't heard that, but that that tweet is very interesting.
0: Yeah, well, that's kind of how I would take it, and I don't know necessarily that it would be something permanent or if he's just going to maybe stop in from time to time and and check in with the D-line, help work some drills, be a mentor. I don't know, but... Definitely feels that way from that from that comment. So, what's the feeling on on uh, Stone? I know we had the crystal ball with Winari, but what's the uh, what's the feeling on David Stone right now?
1: The feeling is this is going to be a drama-filled commitment. Some would say it's already been a drama-filled commitment, but most people around here think that OU is still the leader and that OU will eventually land him. So, if you're leading for Winari which, according to these crystal balls, you do, you're leading for Stone, you're leading for Nigel Smith, Zedavian Sims, we'll see how that Michigan State defensive line coach, like how that impacts things. I mean, I don't know, man. Like, there's a, there's a scenario here where you get three of those four defensive linemen. Like, that's I think that's on the table. And maybe even – like, it. there's a possibility that you get all four. I wouldn't bet on that, but I think there's a real possibility that you could get three here.
0: Yeah. Well – the, inter- the good thing about defensive line, it's not like wide receiver. Like wide receiver, there's one ball, right? It, there's one ball to throw uh, to all of your wide outs. But on the defensive line, the, the better the group is together, the better your statistics are. And it's without a doubt that's how it goes. The way they have to block different things they can't double you know just focus on one guy that you, you spread the entire offensive line thin uh, that's one that I feel like you could really gather some momentum as long as they sell it right and there's no doubt that they are up there and I don't know that's fascinating um, although I don't like drama filled recruitments
1: <laughs> actually <laughs>
0: well, welcome to I hate them
1: Welcome to recruiting five stars, buddy. That's that's normally what you get. Oh, you got lucky last year with uh, Atabare and Jackson Arnold. And what is one of those guys that kind of fits into that, you know, same group as well. But not uh, not everyone is like that, unfortunately. Well. All right,
0: let's hit a quick timeout. More from the Rush coming up. We'll wrap up our number two next.
1: It is the Rush of the Ref. We are the Homeless Sooner fans. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. Air Cover Solutions text line from the 918. Hey, Teddy, I have a question, and let me know if it's dumb. I don't care. I've heard that McCullough could play some Cheetah and some in the inside at linebacker and some at edge. Would that mean that he has to go to the defensive end position group sometimes in practice and work with the inside backers in practices, or can he learn those positions working at one position group?
0: It's a good question. Um so for the edge stuff, I think most of that would be you can you can teach it from the linebacker room for him, but I think it's going to be like a pretty like pass pass rush specific situation, third and long, uh, something like that, and that'll be like a uh, would be a package. So. He would probably just spend time during offense and defensive line one-on-one sessions where they work on rushing the passer against each other. That's probably where he would handle the edge stuff. Now, as far as Cheetah and inside backer, that is going to be handled in the same room by the linebacker coach. Cheetah is... Technically, not technically, literally a linebacker is just Sam linebacker. Mike, Will, and Sam, and you'll get all of that coaching in the same room with the backers. So there's carry over there. Like Last year, Deshaun White was the Cheetah player. He was in the, the backer room.
1: Uh, by the way, back to our I conversation I last say segment, that.
0: that I mean, I think that's correct. I could be wrong on that, but I think that's how – they handle that coaching situation.
1: Zane and Tulsa says, if we don't get f- all four of our key defensive line targets, we just need to fire everyone in the sports department, beginning with Patty Gasso. <laughs> oh, there'll be some takes out there. Uh, they they know they cannot afford to strike out on all four of these guys. I, I don't think that they will. Save your, uh, save your DJ Hicks uh, text or just send them in. Well, whatever. I, I guess I don't really care. Uh, but they, they know the pressure this cycle of laning at least one of these legit D linemen.
0: Yeah, and I think they will. You know, I. Mm-hmm. it feels like we got really good momentum on the defensive side when it comes to recruiting. So I, I don't see any reason why that won't continue. Well, I guess uh, the reason it wouldn't continue would be you go out and have another six and seven type of season. Right. I mean, as long as they take care of business on the field, I think things should continue to look bright.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, It looks like, well, it's at least crystal bold that not one, uh, not just one of Michael Hawkins' sons or Mike Hawkins' sons is going to make it to OU, but maybe two of them. Michael Hawkins Jr. is the four-star quarterback. He was in this weekend at Parker seems to think that's pretty close from a commit from dropping. He's got a younger son, though, Malik Hawkins, who's a 2025 kid. He'll be going into his junior year, who's a corner that's pretty good as well. So you might have uh, two sons of Mike Hawkins, former Sooner, coming in. It's a pretty good thing.
0: Are they both four stars? Or is the young young kid a four Malik star? Malik doesn't have a rating. Maybe not.
1: Malik, Malik yeah. doesn't have a rating yet, but he should at some point.
0: Right. There you go. Well, that would be big time. Um, continue to see uh, see good recruiting out there. And I know, am I wrong whenever I say that I, I feel like the fan base or the, the people that follow recruiting anyways seem to be, for some reason, split on Hawkins as quarterback?
1: No, that's the vocal minority on that one. They watched him play one gotcha. game against a really good guy or team that had multiple blue-chip defensive players. And they base their total opinion off that. He's not Jackson Arnold. No one will argue against that. But to say that he's a crap player is—it's—it's uh, it's pretty stupid. And I don't think the majority of the fan base feels that way.
0: Gotcha. All right. Quick timeout. Keep hitting the text line. We got the final hour next.